It's time for another edition of the Rick's Rambles podcast. It's the week of January 8th, 2024. Let's get right into our fun facts of the week. Fun facts. Well, our fun facts this week are something a little different, something I've always had an interest in. And following a lot of folks on social media, a lot of folks have interest in this particular topic. This week, we're going to be talking about Bigfoot, whether we think he exists, he or she he and she exists or not, certainly has become a part of our modern culture. Well, Bigfoots are described as huge ape-like creatures walking upright like a human. They typically, sightings have them standing between six and nine feet tall. And the name Bigfoot comes from the footprints they leave behind. Uh, it's roughly 16 to about 24 inches. That is a huge footprint. The face of Bigfoot is often described as human-like with a flat nose and visible lips. Common descriptions also include broad shoulders, no or very short visible neck, and very long eyes. The eyes are commonly described as dark in color and are alleged to glow yellow or red at night. Eye shine is not unknown in the animal world, but not in any ape-like creatures. Well, there's one constant that shows up in Bigfoot sightings, and this is really interesting. It's the pungent, foul-smelling odor that is associated with almost every report of the creature. It's described as smelling like rotten eggs or even a skunk. And as a matter of fact, in some parts of the world, Bigfoot is called the skunk ape. He's very vocal. Alleged vocalizations such as howls, moans, grunts, whistles, and even some sort of a primitive language have been reported. On the Tool River Indian Reservation in California, petroglyphs created by a group of Indians that date back to about a thousand years ago show pictures carved in stone of a alleged Bigfoot family. Many Indian tribes have stories in their culture about Bigfoot, about the creature, and even though these tribes are separated by thousands and thousands of miles, their stories are surprisingly similar. British explorer David Thompson is sometimes credited with the first discovery of Bigfoot, or a set of Sasquatch footprints, as he's sometimes called, and hundreds of alleged footprints have been seen since then. As early as 1884, the British colonist newspaper in Victoria, British Columbia, published an account of a gorilla-type creature captured in the area. Even U.S. President Teddy Roosevelt, in his 1893 book, The Wilderness Hunter, writes of a story he was told by an elderly mountain man named Bauman, in which a foul-smelling bipedal creature ransacked his beaver-trapping camp, stalked him, and later killed his companion. In the 1920s, Indian Affairs agent J.W. Burns compiled local stories and published them in a series of newspaper articles. They were accounts told to him by people of several Indian tribes and regional tribes in southern Canada and northwestern United States. All these tribes maintain that the creatures are real. In 1958, the Humboldt Times, a local newspaper in Northern California, published a story about the discovery of giant mysterious footprints near Bluff Creek, California, and referred to the creature maybe for the first time as Bigfoot. Interest in Bigfoot grew rapidly during the second half of the 20th century after an article in True Magazine that was published in December 1959 describing a 1958 discovery. Well, most of us have probably seen that alleged video of Bigfoot. The most well-known video is the Patterson-Gimlin film, which was recorded on October 20, 1967 by Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin in an area called Bluff Creek in Northern California. The 59-second-long video has become an iconic piece of Bigfoot lore 
and continues to be highly scrutinized, analyzed, and debated. Well, I mentioned the name or the word Sasquatch earlier. That comes from the Algonquins of the North Central region of North America, and they also refer to Bigfoot as a Wittigo or Wendigo. Other nations tell of a large creature much like a man, but imbued with special powers and characteristics. The Ojibwe of Northern Plains believe that Bigfoot could sense oncoming natural disasters and often would appear more frequently when there was an earthquake coming or a severe storm. Cryptozoologists, that's people that study animals that are still unknown to science, hold out hope that Bigfoot is still roaming wild, especially in the Northwest. Well, sometimes animals are mistaken for Bigfoot, and that's one of the explanations. American black bears are the animal most often attributed to being mistakenly identified as Bigfoot, as they have been occasionally been observed walking upright on two legs. Well, today, Bigfoot seems to be just about everywhere. And yes, we have even had some Bigfoot sightings here in Indiana. You will find Bigfoot looking awfully cute in two children's films, The Son of Bigfoot, and Smallfoot. Those are airing on Animal Planet. There also was a series called Finding Bigfoot, which lasted 11 seasons, despite never making good on the promise of finding Bigfoot. And the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization lists at least one report from every state except Hawaii over the past 20 years. I'm fascinated by cryptozoology in particular, Bigfoot, actually all of cryptozoology. And when we were coming back from Florida a couple of weeks ago, we drove by the Bigfoot Research Center in the mountains of North Georgia and that's on my list of places to visit. I'd like to know from you, does Bigfoot exist? What do you think? I'll give you my personal opinion. There are vast areas of wilderness in the United States and Canada, and I'm certain there are species out there we have not yet discovered or know much about. Your fun facts for today. Well, our good news story this week holds no surprises for me. We all know that the animal-human bond is so strong, and we know that having pets can have a positive effect on our physical health as well as our mental health. We're talking today specifically about pets and dementia. Caring for a pet helps stave off cognitive decline for people over 50 who live on their own, according to a new study of almost 80,000 participants. Researchers found that pet ownership was associated with slower rates of decline in verbal memory and verbal fluency among the older adults who were living alone. By the way, older adults living alone is one of the fastest growing segments of our society. Followed over an eight-year period, more than one-third of the group owned pets, and these were used as a control group. Previous studies suggested that solitary living is a risk factor for developing dementia and cognitive decline, but among those folks, raising dogs, cats, or other pets was related to reduced loneliness. Some research has found that pet ownership is associated with better verbal memory and executive function, but others didn't find that. However, I will say I am constantly talking to my pets, whether it's turtles or the cat, I'm constantly talking to them and I can see this for those who live alone and don't have somebody in their home to talk to. The new research, which is published in the Journal of Aging Medicine, aimed to further explore the association between aging by oneself, a trend that has been on the rise over the past few decades, and pet ownership. The results are clear. Pet ownership offsets the associations between living alone and declining rates in verbal memory and verbal fluency, said corresponding Professor Sian Liu. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. It was a significant modifier in all three associations, composite verbal cognition, verbal memory, and verbal fluency. Pet ownership was associated with slower rates of decline among older adults living alone. But this is interesting. 
Owning a dog or a cat or any other pet did not make any difference for older people who lived with other people. These findings suggest that pet ownership may be associated with slower cognitive decline among older adults specifically who are living alone. And they are now doing clinical trials. Well, I mentioned earlier that older adults living alone is one of the fastest growing segments of our society. As families get scattered, perhaps a parent cannot move in with their children or the other way around. A really fascinating study, and I believe wholeheartedly that owning pets has a positive effect on our physical, mental, emotional, and I will say even spiritual health. It's hard to believe we're in the third year of the Rick Scrambles podcast, and this journey has been such a joy for me. It is a lot of hard work, but it is absolutely worth it. I've long believed my place on this earth was to spread a little kindness, a little positivity, and that's what I'm trying to do with the Rick Scrambles podcast. And I want to remind you that the Rick Scrambles podcast is more than just this podcast. You can find Rick Scrambles on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok with unique content on all of those platforms, all aimed towards spreading some positivity and some some kindness, and some light, some much-needed light into our world. I want to let you know that this year, two big projects are happening for me. Number one, I'm releasing a full-length comedy album. And number two, I am releasing a bunch of original music. Those will all be available for purchase or for streaming on services like Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio and all of those things. If you would like to support those projects, there's a couple of ways you can do that. The simplest thing is just keep sharing on social media what I post. Let folks know what Rick's Rambles is all about. Also, if you want to support financially, there's two ways you can do that. First of all, you can go to a site called MyFollow, and I'll put a link in the description, and buy a wildlife tracking bracelet. My wife and I both have these. They are awesome. It supports wildlife conservation and positive content on the Internet. The second way, you can just buy me a cup of coffee, and I will put a link to that in the show description also. As always, you are appreciated. Thank you for listening. Well, we are into the new year, and of course, New Year's resolutions for many people is a big part of that. I've got a list of the 20 most popular New Year's resolutions done by a survey by USA Today. There are a couple of surprises on this list, but not too many. I'm curious if you're planning on doing any of these for the new year and beyond. Personally, I think a resolution should be not just for the new year, but kind of a lifestyle change. But here we go. The top most popular resolution, improve fitness. Improve finances. Improve your mental health. I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised that that one is on here. So many of us neglect our mental health. I'm glad to see this so high on the list. Lose weight. Improve diet. Make more time for loved ones. Certainly a worthy goal. Stop smoking. Learn a new skill. I'm a big believer in this. We exercise our mind. We keep our mind sharp. And we stave off things like depression and dementia by learning new skills constantly. Make more time for hobbies. I love that. Improve your work-life balance. What a great goal. Travel more. We are certainly doing that. Meditate regularly. Drink less alcohol and perform better at work. There you have it. The 20 most popular New Year's resolutions for 2024.
It's still blowing my mind that the year I graduated high school, 1974, was 50 years ago this year. So we're doing some more nostalgia about 1974. The 20 top TV shows of 1974. Number 20 was tied. It was Mannix and Cannon. I remember both of those. Number 18, The Wonderful World of Disney and The Rookies. I don't remember The Rookies at all. Number 17, one of my favorites, The Bob Newhart Show. Number 16, SWAT. Number 15, Police Woman with Angie Dickinson as Pepper Anderson. Who remembers that show? Number 14 was Kojak. Number 13, I know one of my wife's favorites, Little House on the Prairie. Number 12, I love this show, The Rockford Files. Number 11, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Number 10, Hawaii Five-O. Number 9, Maud. Number 8, The Waltons. Number 7, Good Times. It was Dino Might. Number six, Rhoda. Number five, Mash. Number four, The Jeffersons. Number three, Chico and the Man. I had completely forgotten that show. Number two, Sanford and Son. And the number one show of 1974, do you know what it was? It was All in the Family, 50 years ago this year. It's time for our special days for this week. Today, Monday the 8th, is Argyle Day, National Bubble Bath Day, National English Toffee Day, and it's Show and Tell at Work Day. I think that's a fantastic idea, having Show and Tell at Work. I love that idea. Tuesday the 9th is National Apricot Day, National Shop for Travel Day, and it's National Static Electricity Day. Wednesday the 10th is Houseplant Appreciation Day, National Bittersweet Chocolate Day, National Oysters Rockefeller Day, and it's Peculiar People Day. Thursday the 11th is Learn Your Name in Morse Code Day. It's National Hot Toddy Day and National Milk Day. Friday the 12th, International French Onion Soup Day. National Curried Chicken Day, National Glazed Donut Day, and it's National Hot Tea Day. Saturday the 13th, National Peach Melba Day, National Rubber Ducky Day, National Sticker Day, and it's National Vision Board Day. We'll wrap the week up on Sunday the 14th with International Kite Day. January seems an odd month to have that, but that's what it is. It's National Dress Up Your Pet Day. And it's National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day. That's going to wrap it up for another week of the Rick's Rambles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had as much fun listening as I did putting this episode together. Please take a moment, share it on your social media, let folks know what you're listening to. And until next week, be kind to as many people as you can, as often as you can. We'll start right now, and we'll make the world a better place.